This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 71 of the Healthy Critters Radio on Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critter Radio is brought to you by Biostar U.S. Find them online at BiostarUS.com. On today's show, we discuss equine skin crud. In Tigapedia, we talk about building a better top line. In Critter Nutrition, we examine natural and artificial flavorings. And in Coffee Clatch, we discuss the bad habits we let our horses and dogs get into. Join us. So you've been at, at Devon, Patty P. I have. And interestingly enough, I was trying to figure out how many years. Um, so for the listeners that don't know what this is, this is a very large um, CDI um, that has been held in the Devon, Pennsylvania area for a long time. And um, originally from New Jersey, we got a box. And anybody who knows about the Devon Horse Show or Dressage at Devon, you get boxes so you can sit and watch. And it's um, a really quite a big deal. And we've been doing it for, I think, over 30 years. <laughs> it's kind of a big deal. Um, and it's something that, that people actually uh, leave in their will to their kids because it's just, it's, they're not easy to get. And we've had the wow. same box. So it's kind of fun. So else. I had, it's really, it's really, and I've had the same box neighbors for the whole time we've had it. She's watched my kids grow up. It's really kind of, it's really, it's really kind of cool. So it's always fun to go and see them. But now that I can just drive there again, it's, um, you know, it's easy to get there. So, but I brought a, um, a dear friend of mine from Dallas for the first time. Um, she's heard about it and it, I tried to describe dressage at Devon and it's, um, or the Devon horse show fairgrounds. It is, um, literally, uh, I don't even know how many blocks it is, but it's just, this huge horse show in the middle of kind of a city. Is that a good way to describe it, Tigger? Yes, Um, totally. You're driving along. Yeah. You're just driving along. And then all of a sudden you see these buildings and you don't necessarily know that it's kind of something surrounding these big rings. It looks like buildings. They're blue and white. But when we pulled in, she said, Oh my gosh, this is not even close to what I expected. So that was, (laughs) um, that was a lot of fun watching her response because you know, I've done that for years um, with people bringing them in there and then just not, you know, thinking, you know, what it would be like. But when you try to describe it, it's just, it's literally in a city block. It's, you know, and it's two, two rings, uh, the main ring, which is the Dixon Oval and then the gold arena. And then the warm-up areas were, which are not very big and it's a week long and it's a breed show where they show different breeds in hand and, they're judged on confirmation and there's, they do Hanoverian classes and Oldenburg classes and Dutch classes. And, um, and oh, they do Frisian a, classes um, and, and Arab classes and, and quarter horse. Every yes, breed you can think everything. of is there. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is very cool. And it's just, you know, and it's a lot of history and you learn a lot about different types and it's just very well run. But the best part about Devin, besides the funnel cake. Oh, my topic. favorite. I mean, it's, and it's different, like it's different than global because there's just a lot of people like just interesting kind of gift places and jewelers that are from that particular area and growing up with it. It's just, you know, to me, it's like going home. So it's, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, I went college around the corner and um, it was an equine studies program and we actually had to go and volunteer. And so it's been in my life for a long time and it's just, it's just neat to go and and just see all the fun stuff that they do. And a lot of people on Saturday night, which is the freestyle. It's a very, very big deal for the freestyle. And, um, you know, people show, show up dressed up and sometimes they wear beautiful hats and it's just, it's just fun. It just was a lot of fun. It, it really is a, so, a throwback we, country fair kind of a thing. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the best way to say it. Is it and it's very different than the indoors and I think, and that you see. You know, the indoor circuits, it's very different because yeah. it's an outdoor oh, totally thing. totally different. And there's, it's just, you're right. It's yeah. it's a really cool thing. And I think anybody who has any interest at all in equestrianism or even the history of equestrian sport in the United States should attend Dressage at Devon at least once. Or even the Devon Horse Show. Because the they're Devon both the yeah. same sort of thing. 
same sort of feeling and theme. And, and it's just, uh, I remember years ago, there's, and the, the, there's just been so many uh, shifts and it's evolved into so many different things over the years, but there's, um, you know, they've had sponsors that have sponsored these huge uh, parties um, for actually um, like the, the competitors um, kind of think of the big Frisian place. We're speaking of Frisian's ticker that was in Dallas. I can't think of the name of it, but they once sponsored an amazing spread and just, you know, all the different things that have happened over the years. It's just been, it's fun. But this year was a little bit um, more low key. I think um, a lot of people had been at the WEG. And so this one was a little low, uh, lower attended, but I will say it was still very nice to see that there were eight Grand Prix horses, uh, in, you know, in, and what they do Friday night is they do all the Grand Prix horses for the special and the, and the freestyle um, on Saturday. So anyway, it was a great time. Um, I suggest it for anybody. It's always this time of year, which is nice because it's just starting to get a little cool. And sometimes it may rain a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, just just, <laughs> um, just in the beginning of the week. but Every so often. Every so often. But it's still worth well, going. Speaking so, of rain, um, we need, we're going to talk about you know, skin crud, and some of that does come from too much moisture. So that's true. Maybe we should move on and start talking about the crud. Talk about crud. And for this roundtable, Coach Jen gets to dive in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was informed by Pat yes. or, or Tigger that I had to take the lead on this one because it was my bright idea. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. I like that. Uh-huh. And, yeah, uh-huh. And my bright idea was skin crud. Here in Ocala, Florida, we are going into winter, which is really our dry season, but it's also the season when the most riding happens. And further north, they're going into the wet season, which is autumn in many parts of the country. So you're going to have skin crud from lots of riding and conditioners and fly sprays, and then you're going to have skin crud from muck and mire. So I thought we'd have a little chat about the many, many faces of skin crud. Of crud. <laughs> yes. So dun, I, th- dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I thought maybe we'd start with, with <laughs> Tigger, since this is Healthy Critters Radio. And nice, nice segue. Nice segue. How about that? That's not my first rodeo, honey. Well done. Talk about a little bit about the role that nutrition can play in your horse's overall skin health because the healthier his, his skin is the less likely he is to get skin crud so maybe that's a good place to start well let's also mm. start with some common skin cruds as we know them rain rot you know mm. it's a bacterial infection it can be a little bit like ringworm in that it 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 appears in the fall and winter and um, some people think that it, it, it really is contagious and you, you know, need to do a, a very specified program to get rid of it. It can be transmitted through blankets and shared tack and, you know, brushes and then there's scratches, which is a little different. It's uh, known um, by, old, you know, older horsemen or in older days as mud fever, greasy he- heel, um, I, I when I was a kid, we used to call it dew poisoning. Um, oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. and it's you know horses expo- exposed 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 to moisture for long periods of time, and I as rainy a season as we have had in the East Coast, scratches would is probably in some areas quite prolific. It's yeah. it it it's. You know, when you when when those areas be, are constantly wet, it actually becomes an irritant, and it causes inflammation, and it's an ideal site for infection. So, um, how do we deal with this? For me, it it begins with the health of the gut. That doesn't mean that it prevents skin curd or or the like, but it can really help the horse fight off the bacteria, the inflammation, if they're really healthy. And, and I'll give you an example. Um, you know, my horses live out primarily, and we've had a lot of rain, and not one of them has scratches. Not one. And none of them have rain rot. That's good. 
None of them wear blankets. So I think clearly it has a lot to do with what, what they're eating and not to sound like a broken record, but you know, the less processed and stress you put on the gut, the less stress you put on the body system at large. And I really like foods that support um, the immune system. I love coconut oil, and you've heard Patty and I talk about mm-hmm. coconut oil a lot. It's a very good immune yeah. support food. And bovine colostrum. And I think if I lived in Florida, Jennifer, and it was fall, the two things I would be doing. One is I would turn my attention to the liver since the liver is a very important organ to get rid of toxins. And I would do a good 30 to 45 days of a liver cleanse and not, I mean, not a detox, but, you know, a, yeah, Hmm. Um, because the better the liver functions, the, the better the immune system. Would it be for someone who is, who is going down that road of, okay, I kind of need to turn, out, turn over a leaf for my horse's nutrition, and I need to get started giving him more whole foods that are feeding his whole body mm-hmm. rather than something that's been processed and taken apart and then put back together. Is a liver cleanse something that might be a good idea for a lot of people starting down that path to help the horse rid himself of the built-up stuff that's been left behind by a lot of processed foods? Yes. Um, but now in, in traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine, fall is the time of the liver. Really? Fall and spring. That. Yeah. So, so do, to do it in fall and spring. Interesting. Yeah. So I use milk thistle seed. I get it from Amazon. It's organic. I think it's from Star West Botanicals. And I do it for 30 days, uh, two table, two table, two teaspoons, one teaspoon twice a day. And everybody gets it. And that's what I would do in, particularly in Florida, where you tend to have a lot of bacteria and a lot of fungi and a lot of wet. Yeah, a lot of of everything, uh, insects. So I would do a liver cleanse for sure. My next thing that I thought about when it came to the horse's health as it pertains to his nutrition, a lot of us associate fats with skin. Yep. It's just like, you know, fats and oils equal happy skin. How does the relationship, how how should we approach that, that we want to have our horse's skin as happy and healthy as possible so that he can ward off the pathogens as naturally as possible and give him a, a head start in the game. Is there such a thing as feeding our horses fats that are good, fats that are bad? Is there too much fat? Are certain horses not, shouldn't have fat? It's the kind of fat uh-huh. that, that becomes the most important. So there's a wonderful product. We've talked about it on the show, Renew Gold. It's got the coconut meal with fat. It's got rice bran that has fat, has flax, there's essential fatty acid. Um, that's a really good fat and protein source uh, product. Mm-hmm. It would be very good for the skin, but I wouldn't recommend it for a metabolic horse because rice bran tends to be very high in non-structural carbohydrates. So then just go a straight coconut meal. It's made by a company called Cool Stance, and you get the coconut oil. It's 10% of the, of the coconut meal. Or you can go directly to just straight coconut oil and feed two tablespoons twice a day. Always make sure you've got omega-3s. Uh, use chia, but you can use flax or stabilized flax. But that think of the omega-3s and the fats as being supportive to the skin. They're not – the immune system is the key to fighting bacteria. So, yes, we need the fats, but, boy, we really need a healthy gut. And – you know, I, I know I've told this story of going to the seminar in California, and it was a triathlete. And he was saying that, you know, human athletes, serious athletes, they would train 24 hours a day if they could. But the body needs time to rest and heal and repair. And he said, when you eat processed food, you put more stress on the GI tract, and it takes away time for the body to heal and repair. 
And that had such a dramatic impact on me, thinking about it in terms of canines and equines. Mm -hmm. Um, If we pour a lot of processed feed to our horses, their bodies have less time to heal and repair stuff. Because they're busy doing other things. Yeah. Trying to process the stuff. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So the cleaner the diet, I mean, I I think one reason that my horses, retired horses here, do so well is that they're basically on a on a normal horse diet, which is grass, hay, and then you know some alfalfa pellets and renew gold to get their supplements down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So that's that's one aspect of the whole skin crud thing is is if your horse is healthier yeah. on the inside, he's going to be healthier on the outside, and then there's and the, can fight the bacteria. And they can because fight the bacteria. horses are are in contact with bacteria just like we are twenty four seven. Right. So the next the other half of it is what is on the outside of the horse getting onto their skin, so their environment and their management. So I, I came across a, I don't remember if it was a blog post from a veterinarian, might have been a blog post. They had a customer, a, a client who was having a horse, had a horse that was having skin issues. They weren't getting anywhere, make, getting the horse better. And finally they said, okay, we just, need, we just need to look at the whole thing. So they really did a very detailed study of this horse's management, his existence, what he ate, what he did for a living, what kind of fly spray he used, everything. And the conclusion was that they bathed him too much. So that got me to thinking because I know people who were like that, that horse, cause a horse can, a horse that's competing for a living, he can get bathed with every day, every single day. Yeah. And sure. there, there's a real shift. And I got to looking at, at my grooming kit out in the barn. We've gotten into a shift now that in, when it comes to caring for a horse, grooming wise, we use bottles and buckets of creams and salves and sprays mm-hmm. and liniments and soaps and conditioners way more than we use brushes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I, and I th- can't help but think to myself, are we really contributing to th- removing so much of the bacteria that the good stuff that should be living on their skin has gone too? Well, that's the problem with using antibacterial. I mean, it's one thing to use mm-hmm. antibacterial when you have a problem, but some of these uh, uh, shampoos and things have, you know, and we think it's great. Oh wow, anti, you know, antibacterial. You can't buy a hand right. soap in the store anymore that's not exactly. Antibacterial. Yeah, and it's it's the worst thing we can do. Yeah. So, and that's why I like Warhorse shampoos. Yeah. You know, there's none of that stuff in there, and you get the oil from the sunflower to keep the coat. Um, you know, moisturized, not dried out. If you can imagine what would happen to your own hands if you washed them, your whole body, you washed them in that stuff every single day. And I think I, I, I think a horse's skin is probably even more sensitive to those sorts of things than people are. Yeah. Um, So Patty, how do you, how does your little world deal with, with the crud? Your thoughts? Well, I want to say one comment about um, what you were just saying, because I think of my father-in-law, who was a surgeon, who was constantly washing his hands, and we used to call them sissy fingers because they would just get so dry. Um, so that just gives, I mean, he, he had to, because he wasn't, and the, but the, he said the same thing, I'm, I'm washing off the good and the bad. So that's something to think about. I, one of the things that, you know, because the horses that I am dealing with are in training, they're getting groomed every day. And so one of the biggest battles for, for us, I think that it helps us is that I, indeed, these horses are groomed and they're getting all the natural oils pulled to the top of the coat. And, you know, we use a curry and we stimulate the, the, you know, the skin and we get the dander off and, you know, um, and so that's, that's a big, you know, I think that's a big thing that, that can help prevent some of the stuff too. And then also washing the brushes, you know, making sure the brushes get, get washed so it doesn't, because yeah, the cruddy stuff horses, can live but, inside there. Yeah. 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 But I have gotten away from being as ultra, 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 um, you know, for a while there, I was only riding nice big white stallions and it was very easy to want to bathe them every day because when you're out riding out Wellington, the last thing you want to do is be going out there with a horse, a big manure uh, <laughs> yep. spot, you know, spot on it. 
that was that was a bit of, that was trying but i've definitely gotten away from that a little bit more in doing someone um actually i cannot remember her name but she was actually a just a the, one of the best grooms in wellington that i met and she said i this was years ago I groom my horses and sometimes when they come in super sweaty, yes, I will absolutely, I'll hose them off. I only bathe them maybe twice a month, but I curry them and I, she showed me how she would use the type of brushes she would do and how she would pull out the oils. And I think that is also, and I'm with Tigger a thousand percent on if you, you know, healthy horse, you know, you tend to be, the whole horse is healthy, obviously it helps the skin, but I, I love me some coconut oil. And remember rub rags. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I still have them. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's a lost oil, art you know? to really rub down mm-hmm. a horse to get the yeah. shine in the coat and the dirt out of the coat. Um, well, and you're yeah. all, when you're doing that and you're doing it well, you're you're getting the, the dirt and out, you're leaving the natural oils in. And you're also improving the circulation and you're improving yep. the health of that fascia. So yep. many times you, you go up oh, to a horse, yeah, absolutely. especially the ones that are in competition and the fascia, which is what's right underneath the skin, their skin is drawn so right. tight across their body and yep. well done grooming, not just hard grooming, but well done grooming keeps that connection between the muscle tissue underneath and the skin on top keeps that healthier and it gives you better circulation and okay, better Absolutely. healthier skin. And that was something I very recently was reminded of when I had a massage therapist come out and work on Nigel, my, uh, my big doppy thoroughbred. Um, and she, she's, one of those massage therapists that she always, she makes sure that you're paying attention and she puts your hands on the horse and say, this is what I'm feeling and this is how, how you can help maintain what I just did. And she, mm-hmm. she mentioned that this isn't just helping the muscles deep down. This is helping the fascia that comes next and it's helping the skin that's on top all be healthy. Mm-hmm. All three layers are going to be healthier because um, we see it as shiny and beautiful and glossy and dappled is what we see, but what's going on in on the inside is that improved circulation and better health for their skin, which is the largest organ in the body. Well, and how many horses, like if you see wild horses that are still wild, you notice how shiny their coats are, how nobody's brushing them. Nope. Nobody's yeah. shampooing them. And I, I know this with the retired horses here, you know, they don't get baths, but because they they're eating what they need to eat and what they should eat. They they all have dapples and shiny and I I I, I don't put a brush on them. My promise to them to each of them was don't worry, I won't brush it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well and they roll and get and they, they get roll dirt, they get dirty and, and then they, they get, get yeah. wet and then they get dirty yep. again and then they get clean yep. and yeah, so I sometimes think we overdo yeah. it, but if you do have um, an ongoing immune issue that your horse has got scratches um, uh, or you know is getting rain rot, uh, get get them on bovine colostrum for sure, and really look at what you're feeding and how you can reduce stress on the GI tract. There we go. And to wrap this discussion mm-hmm. up, because we could go on all day about skin crud, when it comes to treating yep. skin crud. My advice is this. Do not go to forums to find out how to take care of it. (laughs) Chat rooms and Facebook are not the place to go. Look for some scientific research if you don't mind because it is out there. They have been doing research, proper scientific research with treating um, scratches and rain rot. Uh, we We had one of the people who did some very recent research on the Horses in the Morning show a few months back. And fascinating stuff. And their conclusion was on the on the study that they did was the most effective product for rain rot, which was on the on the top of the horse's body versus scratches on their ankles and and patches, right. uh, was tea tree oil, not tea tree oil as a ingredient in another product, but they just created tea Straight tree tea tree oil. They used it in I think it was one per one hundred dilution dilution yeah. one one part tea tree to one hundred parts water. Or 99 parts water, I guess it was. So it was very diluted. So if you look up scientific research on that sort of thing, that would be my suggestion versus asking people on Facebook because some of the stuff is crazy. And <laughs> yeah, and this is one of my favorite personal ones. This is my personal opinion. I will not go near any 
skin funk with an iodine product because it actually oh, yeah. it actually kills the skin cells yeah. faster yeah. than they can heal. <laughs> yeah. And, mm. and I will leave it at that because I could go on all day long. But that was a fascinating discussion, ladies. Yeah. I didn't know a lot it, of that stuff. I didn't it, know about <laughs> liver cleanses. <laughs> no, milk thistle either. is your friend. The milk thistle is my friend. There we go. Yep. <laughs> Hetty? What do you want? (laughs) (laughs) You sound funny, Hetty. Yeah, she sounds like she's got her her foot on the cell phone. Hey, hey, Hetty, we're going to hang up on you and call back because you sound like you're on the Starship Enterprise. Oh, can you hear me now, property? Oh, here, this is so much better. Thank you, Hetty. You know why? Because Why? your servant screwed something Why? up? No, because we pushed the answer button 17 million times, and then we're still winging and winging and winging, which was stupid because we had pressed the answer button. But then, while you were going on about how I sounded like Spock, the ringing stop. Oh. <laughs> After uh, we've had our little chat. No. <laughs> oh, I can do go on. <laughs> if if you would just let your servant on, um, that would we would really appreciate that. He's not allowed to talk. She's not even real. <laughs> she might be. She might oh, be back by, by the time we're done. She might be. Uh-huh. We'll see. Well, Jennifer has a question <laughs> for you. Jennifer. Yeah, throw me under the bus. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> I do have a I do have a question for you, Hedwig, because we value your opinion. When it comes to we we were discussing earlier in the show today skin crud on horses and the benefits of your horse being groomed well. Sorry. Do you people even have knives? Yeah, no, we don't. All we do is talk about horses and dogs, so we don't have a lot. So we we want to know, Hedwig, when it comes to pet servants, what kind of grooming tools should our pet servants, specifically our dog servants, be using for their dogs to keep their skin and coat happy and healthy and um, in tune with the fashionable world? Tigger's not going to come back from that one. Kimmel, who is among the enemies of my kind, subjected us over the winter to a special soap. It's supposed to be so nice. You know what it is? It's soap. Just like other soap, it takes away the nice scent. That I rolled in, and who said, "Oh, but it smells like lemon." Oh well, you know what, Kibble? I don't want to smell like a lemon or anything else. You want me to smell like? I want to smell like dead rodents. That's why I rodents. That's what I wanted to smell like. My sister once proudly found a nice dead rodent, and she coated herself in blood, and she looked exactly like something from. Oh, I don't know, a pilot film think ready part or something. And you know, our servant picked her up and put her in the attacked her viciously so she smelled like lemons. Which and did not have blood on her face anymore. So I am sorry. If I roll in deer poo, I want to smell like deer poo. If I roll in Thing. I want to smell like dead things, and I never want to smell like lemons, and I never want to have a brushing. Well, what happens when you do have to have a brushing? There is video here to pay. What? Can't say the word on the radio, Tigger. <laughs> Sorry. What is the antithesis of heaven, Tigger? Hell. 
You're not supposed to say that on the radio. Oh. So, I mean, do you bite? Do you snarl? Do you... No. I twitch and bark like a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idiot. Oh, and I do it while my sister is experiencing this as well. And then when either of us is put down, I run around the house barking and shaking my suit out and running, 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 running. And then I pee everywhere. Oh, God. <laughs> so I have to be put doesn't right sound out. It just doesn't sound worth it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, not worth it. That's right, Pat. Okay. Well, I'm sure there are a lot of dogs out there that share your exact same belief. You can take your war horse so disgusting lemons and get rid of them. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to get my hands on you in Florida. You are going to smell so lemony. I am not going to smell like lemons. I'm going to live in the barn. That's right. Rolling in dead straws. <laughs> dead well, frog. thanks, Hetty. Bye-bye, Hetty. Au revoir. So we are at our Tigopedia portion of our show, and I've got a good one for you, Tig. Ready. And I'm sure you, you get this a lot. How do you build a better top line through nutrition? It all begins with protein. Woohoo! <laughs> Woohoo! And the quality okay. of the protein, meaning not overly processed, in my opinion, like, you know, Good grass, good hay, alfalfa, um, very good source of complete protein. And and there are some very specific amino acids called the branched chain amino acids. And if you've got a horse, normally horses eating, you know, good pasture and getting, you know, a, a good quality hay have our top lines are fine. Once you add exercise and stress you start the muscles as you as you're building a horse up they also start breaking down so it's a fine line um you want to build them and then the body breaks them down and then you build them again so for horses in training they may need more and older horses they may need more protein and there are a lot of protein supplements. There are feeds out there with, you know, 30% protein. And those are all ways to answer this question about top line. Um, I personally really like branch chain amino acids that come from things like undenatured whey protein. I love hemp protein. It's not as concentrated um, with branch chain amino acids, but it, it has them. Um, so I look for multi-sources of branch chain, and Biostar has a product called Locomotion, which uses undenatured whey and hemp and egg. You know, albumin is, is a fantastic protein. So I, I like for the horse to get variety, which is also good for the gut, but get a variety of branch chain amino acids from different sources. The other component of building a top line has to do with the gut. So how well is the horse processing the protein that you're giving them? And okay. so, you know, with an older horse, they may not be digesting as well. So you may want to look at digestive enzymes. The one that is going to be specific to protein is called protease. And most Enzyme formulas already have it because protein is such an important uh, nutrition in horses. You also want to look at at maybe the microorganism of your horse's GI tract. You might want to start adding some probiotics that will – the colony has a lot to do with with overall digestion and utilization. So, so I'm going so, to stop you for one second, if I can. So explain the difference between 
digestive enzymes and probiotics. Totally. It's like the difference between football and tennis. <laughs> okay. Meaning. Do you know the difference? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I want more words. I want more words. What I mean is yeah. <laughs> both enzymes and and probiotics live in the gut. Both football and tennis take a ball. But other than that, right. they're, they're very different. Enzymes are mm-hmm. responsible for digesting protein, fats, carbohydrates, fiber. And the enzymatic action in the body is actually like multitasking. You can't build anything without enzymes in the body. But I'm speaking specifically to digestive enzymes. So digestive enzymes help the horse utilize food. Probiotics help the horse utilize food by balancing the colonies of microorganisms in the gut. They're not breaking down food literally like an enzyme is. Right. Okay. That's really the big, okay. That's the big, because I've had so many people ask me that I'm like, um, uh, hold on, let me get my phone. (laughs) (laughs) I'll, I'll, I'll Google it and see. And there are companies that okay. put enzymes with probiotics. So, because don't know, they kind of work together, or no? Well, they work in the same area, which is the GI tract. But okay. they, I would not say they work in concert, but they don't work in opposition either. Okay, it, it would be like one is okay. the carpenter and one is the painter. Okay, so they're all working to get the end result to have correct healthier and you may all want your house to look better when you're done correct (laughs) yeah and you you here's the 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 part that we always have to be reminded every horse is an individual and one horse may respond great to with enzymes and some branch chain amino acid supplementation another horse may not get anything out of the enzymes and may blossom on probiotics and uh branch chain amino acids. And and one last word that there are a lot of branch chain amino acid products, supplements, and the reason I don't like them is they've isolated the branch chain and branch chains were designed by nature to be in concert with other proteins. In food, you don't just find branch chain amino acids isolated. They're with other essential amino acids and fiber and enzymes and all sorts of things in in their whole food form. So that's why I don't like isolates very much. Okay. I'm writing down stuff as as you're talking away. Yeah. The the lesson there is read the fine print either, you know, (laughs) read the fine print. Yeah. Right. Right. Just because it says protein in big letters on the top doesn't mean it's what you need. Correct. There we go. Right. Fascinating stuff. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Good question, Patty. (laughs) (laughs) So now we're at Critter Nutrition, and I'm going to talk about natural and artificial flavorings. It's difficult to find a bag of feed or even a supplement that doesn't have natural or artificial flavorings as an ingredient. The term natural flavoring sounds innocuous, perhaps a nice apple flavor from a real apple or carrot flavor from a real carrot. How about delicious real meat juice as a natural flavoring in dog food? Sad truth is, natural flavorings are created in laboratories using hundreds of chemical compounds. Only one component of a natural flavoring must come from a plant, tree, spice, vegetable, yeast, meat, poultry, eggs, dairy products, whose significant function is flavor, not nutritional. Some natural flavorings are made up of 200 blended chemical additives. So only one component of 200 has to be from a plant, tree, spice, vegetable, etc., According to research by the Environmental Working Group, natural and artificial flavors really aren't that different. In the livestock business, flavorings are often called palatants. The use of palatants are to encourage animals to eat more. Much of the feed for animals is made up of the starchy grains, corn, millet, barley, because feeding carbs is cheaper than feeding fats. 
It has been estimated that as many as 75% of the cattle and hogs eat palatin during their lifetimes. Remember, farmers growing animals for food want their animals to get big as fast as possible. By increasing the flavor of feed in order to get animals to eat more and thus get bigger and fatter, the ones that aren't killed as youngsters often become obese and metabolic disease can set in. Why do we need flavorings? The answer to this lies partly in the agricultural revolution that began after World War II. The impetus to grow more food meant that how the food actually tasted was not as important as growing a lot of food. It was quantity over quality. New hybrid seeds plus an arsenal of fertilizers meant that farmers could produce more per acre, resulting in more food, yes, but less taste, and in the world words of a famous chef, blandness. The blandness, in part, comes from lower nutritional content, higher carbohydrate content, and more moisture content of the food. There is even a term for this, dilution. Not only is the food bland that humans eat, so are the feeds and concentrates and supplements that horses, dogs, cattle, pigs, goats, sheep, and chickens eat. Animals and humans are less inclined to eat bland food, so flavorings are added to stimulate smell and taste. Flavoring chemicals give food specific smells that the food industry calls flavor. The same mixture of chemicals would be called fragrance if in cleaning products, perfumes, or personal care products. Smell makes up to 80% of the sense of taste. If the food smells good to a horse, dog, or human, the brain thinks it will taste good too. There are taste receptors in the GI tract. These are the sensors for fat, protein, bacteria, hormones, and plant compounds. These receptors play an important role in how humans and animals feel during and after eating. The fragrance and flavor industry is estimated to rake in $24 billion annually. This is not a small industry. The size of this industry highlights just how much of our food, our horse's food, our dog's food, contain flavorings. In a 2011 interview on 60 Minutes with Morley Safer, two flavor scientists from the company Givaudan said that their one goal was making food addictive. Flavorings contain solvents, emulsifiers, and preservatives, which can make up the majority of ingredients in each specific flavoring itself. Take apple flavoring, for instance. As many as 50 chemicals can be used to approximate the taste of an apple. Horses and dogs and humans crave variety in foods. Fake flavors disguise foods that are similar and make them seem more different than they really are. The flavor technology of fake flavors applied to bland food, induces the sense of smell, and tricks the brain into a heightened sense of pleasure. Like a person with alcoholism or drug addiction always needing more in order to get that initial experience of high or bliss, the more we eat food with flavorings, the more we crave. Arthur Mark Schatzer's book, The Dorito Effect, highlights why we can't eat just one Dorito. It's not the corn chip itself or even the fat it is fried in. It is the taste, coming from a concoction of flavoring chemicals, a kind of opiate for the brain, and extra pounds for the body. Bottom line, our industrial food system grows food that has more carbohydrates and moisture and literally no taste. Due to the years of chemical fertilizer and pesticide applications, the soil no longer provides enough nutrients to the plants, so fortification is necessary in the form of synthetic or coal tar derivative vitamins. Now take commercial horse feed. The ingredients are from the industrial food complex, but most of these ingredients are not even whole. They are byproducts. Wheat middlings, dried distiller's grains, which is the leftover mash from ethanol production, soybean hulls, wheat flour, corn distillers dried grains, also from ethanol production, corn germ, dehulled soybean meal. Add some fortification because byproducts are even less nutrient-dense than the whole food they once were from, and then add some flavoring so that this tough stuff tastes good. When we eat wild blueberries or homegrown tomatoes, we tend to eat less and not pig out like we do on Big Macs, soft drinks, and chicken nuggets. This is because real food provides a deeper satiety from the complex of nutritional factors in food and another component, toxins. Organisms like plants contain small amount of toxins. For instance, the tiny amount of cyanide in apple seeds. 
One theory is that mammal and human brains and GI tracts evolved a system to regulate the consumption of toxins. When we eat real food, we become satiated and the dose of toxins in the food don't hurt us. Nature has mastered the art of hedonic density, food that maximizes pleasure and minimizes calories. The problem with food today is that food we grow on an industrial scale is less delicious. The food that we, our horses, our dogs should not eat, flavorings, byproducts, highly processed ingredients, they taste much more exciting. Getting flavorings out of the diet. Read the ingredient listing on equine feed labels. Whole food component products like Cool Stance, Renew Gold, Alfalfa Pellets, Timothy Pellets, Whole Chia, Whole Flax, Whole Oats do not contain flavorings of any kind. Organic or cold-pressed oils like hemp, coconut, and camelina do not have flavorings. However, highly processed oils like vegetable soy, corn, and canola do. Check the labels on your supplements. Most all supplements for horses contain natural or artificial flavorings and the often hidden MSG. Remember, it is not just the amount of chemical additives and flavorings. It is how those chemicals and the ingredients they are combined with over time affect the body system at large and the GI tract in particular. For dogs, read the labels. Feed raw if you can. Reduce the amount of kibble by adding whole food like buffalo, venison, salmon, organic chicken, organic eggs. When dogs eat real food, they maintain a healthier weight. For humans, buy organic real food or food from a farmer's market or CSA. Food in a package, even labeled organic, can have flavoring added. Even antibiotic-free chicken often has added flavorings. Biostar will never use flavorings because true satiation comes from the whole food itself. Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why Biostar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. Biostar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The Biostar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. So here we are at Coffee Clutch, and um, I was thinking about David Letterman's Stupid Pet Tricks, which led me to think about the bad habits we let our horses and dogs get into. Um, not the mean mm-hmm. habits, just the ones that we think are amusing so we don't um, stop their behavior. Yes. <laughs> um, and and I, I'm gonna, I'll go first with my Australian Shepherd, Thunder Bear, who um, is this beautiful, big, black tribe Australian shepherd and we have chickens and they like the chickens like to collect in the day underneath the boxwood trees yes our boxwoods are trees but they're like 200 year old boxwoods that have never been trimmed so we kind of let them be trees and the chickens like to be under them and he'll be moseying along minding his own business do 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 oh I think it'd be fun to play with the chickens and he runs and pounces into the middle of them and they go flying into the air oh. and you can see him laughing <laughs> oh my gosh yeah funny <laughs> and then he he, they fly away, and then he saunters off again with a big yeah, smile on his face. Yeah. Oh, I bet. How about you, Patty? Well, I'm trying to – well, one of the things is I have um, I have two ragdoll cats, and one, um, her name is Fupa, otherwise known as um, Princess of the World. And Fupa just spends a lot of time laying around um, being luxurious. If anybody ever wants to know what the life – is of, of a princess. I can video Poopa. 
um, because she just has it. And so I, I have an adorable little Australian shepherd named Burke and Burke is a little innocent. And sometimes when Fupa is lounging on the Ottoman, I, I, Burke's looking at me and I can see that Fupa is just getting ready to swat at him. And it's not like she's not, but she's laying down, but she has, she doesn't move any muscles in her body other than the swat of her of, of her paw, and um, Burke is slightly afraid of cats because they tend to chase him. <laughs> um, not my cats. That's the that's a another story. But anyway, I will let Fupa just be lounging and Burke will be looking at me doing his little wiggle thing and just be so excited. And Fupa will bonk him on the butt and he screams <laughs> running away. <laughs> And I feel horrible and laugh so hard because it's so silly that this dog is afraid of cats and he yell, he screams like martyr. And there's well, he's he afraid of cats for a reason. Like, he sometimes. keeps getting bonked. <laughs> well, it's not Pooba that started it. I have to tell you that when I was in Houston, we got some feral cats that eventually we got spayed and we let them out. And there were two black cats that were very smart, very very smart, and they were calculating. And one day, Burke came running through like a little puppy and being really cute. And I guess it pissed the one cat off to the point where she kind of went up and was kind of like going to chest him, you know. And he backed off. Well, she kept walking towards him and he backed off to the point where he started, he ran. Well, it ended up becoming this game of he would come in with me during the day or, you know, in the morning and the cats would come out. And they would start running towards him, and he would just take off. And so the cats learned that they could kind of do this because Burke trained them. So now it's become the same. Now, he's like, he goes up and lays down with the cats and and my cats at home. But he does truly, he's afraid of cats outside of his own home. And I think Boopa's picked up on this, and that's why she finds this so entertaining. So, So basically, Boopa's naughty. That's all there is to that. She's just naughty. <clears throat> I love a naughty Jennifer? entertaining, but she's naughty. I love a naughty cat. I do too. <laughs> There's something satisfying about it. <clears throat> Very. I think it's because deep yeah. down, I think maybe in a former life I was a cat because they do all the things I wish <clears throat> I could do as a human. It's like really, I can just do that just because I feel like it. Yeah, I like that. That would be. And you can't That's make me. Name. You can't make me. Yeah, I yeah, like that. Too. So, so what bad habit? Have you allowed a horse or a dog? Oh, there are many, many over the years. But the current horse, Nigel, the, the big dopey thoroughbred, also affectionately known as Big Lumbering Oaf. <laughs> he's He's got this thing that it doesn't matter where you're going, whether I'm riding him or I'm leading him. If there is a bucket, barrel, tub, box, containment device of any sort, he has to go over and stick his big head in it and tip it over. <laughs> so if I, if I try to walk down the aisle of the barn, there's like feed tubs and water buckets. There's just, you know, lines. He has to stop at every freaking single one. It'll take a half an hour to walk down the aisle. And I just laugh so hard at it. And I let him do it. I oh, shouldn't. God, he just wants yeah. to see what's in every single Oh, that's one. so funny. What's in this one? What's in this yeah, one? No, what's in this cute. one over here? Yeah, what's underneath of that one? Yeah. No, it's I, kind I, of just, cute. I just let him do it. It's cute. Well, <laughs> I have a, a a corgi cat story. Oh, um, Patty, you remember Toby, my corgi? Toby, he's a red. I don't think I ever met Toby. Really? That made a big. Yeah, that made yes, a big. Yes, you met me. you met Toby because he was in uh, Venice, after uh, like oh. two years after Wookie. So okay, Toby, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I had this, this several awesome cats, and this one particular cat was really naughty, and I, I can't remember what set this off, but it originated with the cat doing something bad. For instance, you know, sharpening his claws on the couch. Right. And so I, I reprimanded him. I said, bad cat. And Toby was like, on the couch with me. And he, so he went, ruff, ruff. from then on, if I said bad cat, ruff, ruff, oh, bad cat, ruff, ruff, oh, bad that is... cat ruff, ruff. that's awesome. 
That is awesome. That's awesome. That, that, he that's thought, good you know, stuff. He wanted to help with the discipline of the cats. Just help it out. Yeah, that's good stuff. Because he's a giver. He was a total giver. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. That is good. I, I know I let my horses get away with murder. <laughs> I know I do. Mm. You know, I let... Well, my favorite, not that this, not that this was a bad story, is but when um, Sabi would walk pie with a oh. lead rope. Okay, so um, Kimasabi, another one of my Australian shepherds, and the Australian shepherd. Let's just get that clear. <laughs> he, I had a horse named Pi. We could hand Sabi the lead rope for Pi, and he would lead the horse down to his stall, drop the lead rope, and the horse would walk in his stall. Oh my gosh. It was it really, it was, the funny thing was, I don't know who was more proud, Sabi or Tigger. Because yeah, right. I don't care what I was doing. I don't care what I was doing. She'd be like, Patty P, Patty P, come watch this. I'm like, oh my God, here we go. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to give you five seconds off your lesson because I've got to go watch this again because Tigger would be so excited. And I have to tell you, I was delighted every time because it was just, it was pretty cute. It was pretty darn cute. It was, and you know, a couple of times he was able to walk him around the barn, the outside of the barn on a lead rope. Absolutely. And And the thing is, the horse was like, yeah, no problem. (laughs) Yeah, he was like, under saddle. But with Sabi, he was chilled. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because I tried to teach, I had Burke doing that for a period of time with Astrano. And um, I told you Burke's afraid of cats. Well, I can only tell you what he thinks. Astrana was he thought it was a large cat and he was just like yeah and, he, and like he'll like touch the end of the lead rope and then just kind of like stick his tongue out like yeah, I'm, not I'm, not, I'm not getting near that thing it may chase me <laughs> <laughs> poor Berkey I you know Lionheart's <laughs> um, girlfriend um, is a decorator oh. and yes and she likes to rearrange all the halters, lead ropes that are hung. I have a shed row barn, so things are held, you know, hung nicely um, on either side of the of her Dutch door. And she thinks it's great fun to go and pull them all off and either put one on one side or throw them out in the dirt. Or yeah, and it's and I don't very just feng shui. <laughs> very feng shui. Um, and I got to the point where I was really getting annoyed with it, so I just took them all away. She was so pissed off. This uh, little mare uh, was so – she banged, she dug, and then when I put them back, happy as a clam, throwing them, moving them, shaking them. Needed, she yeah. needed her toys. Exactly. Yeah. That's oh, that's kind of funny. Try hanging a rubber chicken in the aisleway and see what happens. <laughs> Just huh. make sure you have your camera going. <laughs> I'd have to, I'd have to hang it on, you know, one of the hooks. Oh yeah, because, put, a, put a little piece of yeah. a little piece of cotton rope on there so it hangs on one of the halter hooks. And all I ask is that you, when you film that and put it up on YouTube, make sure that you. Tag, I'll credit you. you <laughs> credit, and tag it Healthy Critters Radio. You'll go viral. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So if you have a, a, a funny story about a bad habit of your dog or your horse or your guinea pig or your cat, uh, let us know at HealthyCrittersRadio.com or on Facebook, Healthy Critters Radio. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at BiostarUS.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter.
Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. (laughs) 